Welcome to the ESO Show of Entrepreneurship and Regional Development Podcast. Each publication in our journal is a great opportunity to share significant and audacious contributions to a large audience. My guest today is Karl Menens. He's from Maastricht University. He recently published an article entitled Exploring SME's Behavioral Changes Resulting from Innovation Policy, the Effect of Receiving a Subsidy on Entrepreneurship. He co-authored this paper with Will Colletary, Anita Van Gils, and Gabby Oderkerken Schroeder. It has been published online in Entrepreneurship and Regional Development, a journal edited by Teller and Francis. Course, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having me, Vincent. Can you tell us what is the origin of your paper? Why have you decided to address this particular topic? And what is the question you aim to answer? Yes, of course, I'm, I'm happy to elaborate on that. Um, actually, for this particular paper, the, the drive or the origins uh, is, is, is quite practical or applied or co call it a societal uh, relevance um, because um, we were actually approached by the province of Limburg Um, that's the province in the Netherlands where Maastricht University is also situated because they had an innovation subsidy program running. And the aim of the innovation subsidy program was to stimulate innovation to medium um, enterprises in the manufacturing industry. And they'd been having such uh, subsidy programs for a longer period of time already, but they actually wanted to know from us, can you tell us, uh, backed by scientific evidence, what actually the effects of such subsidy program are? Or in short, is our public money well spent in this way? Um, and well, that's that's where we departed from and uh, we dived into the, into the existing literature. And what we found there is that actually, um, we already know quite a bit about what Uh, the effects of such subsidy programs are. And what we already know mainly relates to what we call input and output additionality. Input additionality actually investigates whether when you as a government provide an innovation subsidy, does it increase or rather decrease the amount that organizations themselves invest in innovation? Um, and usually uh, the, the consensus in research is, is, that, is that it mostly uh, actually increases the individual uh, spend on innovation by, uh, by these uh, companies. On the other hand, there is output additionality effects. And output additionality effects is more or less investigating, all right, if you fund a specific innovation with a subsidy program, does it actually lead to more innovation output in the form of patents or other innovations? Um, and also here, the answer is quite Positive. However, what we really know very little about is what we call a third element next to input and output additionality, and that's namely behavioral additionality. Um, what that means is actually the behavioral changes that result uh, um, as an effect of, of, of receiving an innovation subsidy. Um, what we know so far related to behavioral additionality is that organizations who receive an innovation subsidy tend to collaborate more with external partners as a result of receiving that subsidy. Um, but beyond that, there is actually really, really little that we know in terms of this behavioral additionality, although people claim that, that this behavioral additionality effect can have a very sustainable, durable effect on organizations when compared to, to input or output additionality. And that entire story is actually the background of, of this paper. What are the main contributions of this paper? Yeah, well, So, so, so we set out to investigate, or we asked ourselves, um, what, what, what are interesting concepts that might change as a result of receiving an innovation subsidy? So we're really talking about internal organizational changes, routines, 
or behaviors that change. And um, what we arrived at was the concept of intrapreneurship. So that, um, and, and let me let me cite you the, the official definition. Um, it's, it's the process whereby employees recognize and exploit opportunities by being innovative, proactive, and by taking risks in order for the organization to create new products, processes, and services, initiate self-renewal, or venture new businesses to enhance the competitiveness and performance of the organization. So that's a mouthful, but basically it allows organizations to tap into the entrepreneurial spirit of their employees um, and as a result, it allows organizations to, to sort of adapt and to shape uh, uh, the, the, the changing business environment, drive ideas for new products, processes, services. Um, and, and by adopting such behaviors, those employees can, can, um, can have an impact on the organization's strategic direction and its innovation and organizational performance. So that is the concept that, that, that we looked into. And we asked ourselves the question, does receiving an innovation subsidy actually have an effect on the extent to which employees in, in, in small to medium-sized enterprises are actually uh, intrapreneurial or showcasing intrapreneurial behaviors? Um, and the main contribution that we make is that we actually show in our study that innovation subsidies indeed can be a vehicle to stimulate uh, certain entrepreneurial behaviors in SMEs. Not all of them. I will zoom in on that uh, in, in a second. Um, but certain entrepreneurial behaviors are really stimulated by receiving a subsidy as opposed to not receiving such an innovation subsidy. Um, and the main contribution we make with that is that we, well, see it as sort of opening up the black box of, of, of what actually happens in an organization when you receive an innovation subsidy. So employees are structurally more involved in entrepreneurial activities. Um, another contribution that we make to the literature related to behavioral additionality is that we actually do this by um, collecting and analyzing a longitudinal data set. Um, and so, so actually we, we measured entrepreneurial behaviors uh, in two points in time, before receiving a subsidy and after. And thereby, the evidence we provide for uh, for this effect uh, is is actually much more robust. What was for you the the main theoretical or methodological challenge or challenges in addressing such a question? Yeah. Um, well, so so uh, what for us was the main methodological challenge is that usually um, academic studies investigating the additionality effects, um, so input, output, or behavioral. Um, make use of uh, existing databases. Uh, for instance, an, a database that you often see being used is the CIS database, the Central Innovation Survey, where actually um, uh, many organizations on a yearly basis provide their input to. Um, it has certain benefits, but also definitely there are some downsides attached to it because you can't determine exactly what variables or what data is being collected. What we did and what is quite unique for our study is that we collected the data ourselves. So um, partly based on our uh, collaboration with the province of Limburg uh, and the regional investment uh, agency, um, we collected the data among the small and medium-sized enterprises in the manufacturing industry in the province of Limburg. Um, and practically speaking, this meant that during our first round of data collection in 2014, um, we uh, send out surveys, um, emails containing an online link, but also, also paper-based uh, letters, um, including an invitation to participate in the study. Um, 
and we sent that to the entire target group, which was uh, 1,711 eligible uh, uh, organizations, SMEs. From those 1,711 SMEs, we actually received 246 responses, which, which constitutes a response rate of 14.4%. That is actually quite common in, in, in this type of research. But then, um, in 2016, we went, we went for a second round of data collection um, because we wanted to, to, to map out the longitudinal effects um, over time, which meant that actually out of these 246 responses that we got, we needed to ensure that we got as many responses as possible, um, which is quite a challenge. Um, and, and, and how did we actually do that? Well, we started out with uh, sending out the service again via email, a follow-up email if they didn't respond. Then we diverted towards uh, phone calls. So we actually uh, uh, um, called all the companies that hadn't responded yet, but did participate in the first round. Um, and then even in an ultimate attempt, if even that didn't work, uh, what I tried to do is to schedule uh, um, company visits uh, to, to, to make sure that the, the survey was filled in. So um, I have actually been spending quite some of my uh, days as a PhD student, which is when I was working on this study, um, scheduling a tour around the province, trying to cluster as many companies together as I could um, to drive around uh, all day and, and get the survey filled in, um, which practically meant that I could collect about five to six surveys per day. Um, so at the time, this required really a lot of persistence from, from, from our side as, uh, as the research team. But in the end, it did provide us with a unique data set, which allowed us to actually um, include the variables that we were interested in and, and thereby shed sort of a unique picture on what happens inside a company on, yeah, call it almost like a soft factor, uh, entrepreneurial behavior um, uh, uh, after receiving an innovation subsidy. During your research journey, what was your biggest surprise or the most counterintuitive result? Um, I, I, I think, if you'll allow me, I can, I can mention a few. Um, so the first thing that stood out to me is that there actually was so little research uh, uh, into the behavioral additionality effects. I mean, the explanation for that I just gave in, in response to your previous question, because it's quite difficult to collect the data, but we know actually really little about um, uh, what are yeah what what are resulting behavioral changes after receiving an innovation subsidy, even though it can have huge effects on an organization. And um, I think another big surprise is that we actually, to be honest, uh, uh, um, that that this effect has taken place. Because imagine the the innovation subsidy was only uh, uh, amounting to a maximum um, uh, subsidy of seventy thousand euros. Um, and what, what we actually show with this study is that such a relatively limited amount of innovation subsidy can already have such a sustainable effect on an organization where companies uh, beyond making sure that a specific innovation is taking place are thereafter much more involved in uh, certain aspects of entrepreneurial behavior. Um, and I think, I think another counterintuitive finding was actually thanks to, to, to one of the comments uh, of the reviewers um, that we got during the peer review pro process. Um, because, well, we, we, we started off with uh, conceptualizing entrepreneurship in quite a unidimensional way. But this reviewer actually told us, well, look into this and this literature. Entrepreneurship is actually a multidimensional construct, meaning that it 
consists of, of, of multiple different types of, of behaviors. Um, and the review had an, made an excellent point with that. And we, we followed up on his suggestion and we um, conceptualized entrepreneurship as, having, as consisting of two dimensions, namely strategic renewal behavior, and I guess that the term sort of explains it already. It's the extent to which employees are involved in, in, in forming and adapting in, 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 in evolving the organization's strategy. And employee venture behavior, which is um, basically the extent to which or, uh, employees go out and start new businesses or new branches um, sort of outside the boundaries of the organization. And what we found... Uh, as a result, was that actually, yes, an innovation subsidy does stimulate employee strategic renewal behavior, but it does not stimulate employee venture behavior. Um, so we really were nicely able, as a, as a result of, of the reviewer's comment, to, to sort of uh, nuance our findings in that way. What are the main implications of your work for entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, managers, or practitioners in general? Yeah, so... so all in all, I think, um, uh, or we are convinced that this study sheds quite a positive light on innovation subsidy programs. Um, basically, what we can say is that, well, besides trying to stimulate a specific innovation or making sure that the organization uh, receiving a subsidy invests its own funds in, in the innovation, um, we can... Uh, we, we, we prove that actually the innovation subsidy has an effect that is much larger than this specific innovation itself. Uh, because from that moment on, employees are, are structurally more uh, involved in uh, a strategic renewal behavior and thus uh, really get more of this entrepreneurial or innov innovative uh, mindset, um, which obviously trickles down to much more, many more different uh, um, innovation um, um, in innovation initiatives within the organization. So I think that the main, main implication also goes, to, uh, goes out to policymakers because what they should take from this is that actually these types of innovation subsidy programs can really be quite a powerful tool to, to change internal behavior and intrapreneurial behavior to be specific um, for the better. So it really has a positive effect on the innovation culture. Thanks a lot, Cars, for participating to our show and presenting your paper entitled Exploring SME's Behavioral Changes Resulting from Innovation Policy The Effect of Receiving a Subsidy on Entrepreneurship. All our podcasts are available on entrepreneurship-ed.com and on the main podcast platform.